Welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark, the podcast where we express our undeniable love for HBCUs, but where we are also not afraid to address a few tough questions. So, sit back, learn a little, love a lot, and rep your HBCU. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark with yours truly, Chosen Richard. He doesn't know I'm going to do this, but this young gentleman who you are seeing on your screen and those of you just listening to us are going to hear him in a second, has promised that when he makes it big, because he's going to make it big, <laughs> he owes myself and my entire team some big money because he's such an important gentleman that we had to wait on for so long this morning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to do that. I had to do that just, just for fun, just I, for fun. I've I'm, let the world know that you are a charming gentleman. Isaias Guthrie, welcome to I Love My HBCU Question Mark. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Um, you are, gosh, you are a lot of things. You are uh, an enigmatic football player. You are a recent grad of Jackson State University and an immediate grad, sorry, immediate master's um, student at Jackson State University. I don't think I'll do it justice to start listing some of the things that you do. So you share with the world um, what you do at Jackson State University, undergrad and master's. and. Okay. You are an athlete through and through. So tell us about that as well. Um, so I just graduated in my undergrad with um, my degree and my BS and um, in disciplinary studies with a concentration in law studies. Um, and I'm going back. Um, well, I just started Monday. I'm in grad school now, um, getting my master's in, what is it, in my math? Business administration, business administration. I apologize. And then after that, no, don't apologize. I and and let me let me help you out here. So the world does not know this, but I, I'm sure those in Jackson know this. So you you are running businesses already, and yeah. the, what I know as a business person is when you're running that many businesses and also still going to school, Lord have mercy, a lot is yeah, going is on lot. for you. There you it go. It is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> so you're in grad school for business administration and yes, I've, I've teased the fact that you, you have a couple of businesses. Tell us about your businesses. Um, I run a few. So I have a jewelry manufacturing company that I started in 2021. Um, I have a teaching tool um, which is called mynildeals.org uh, or .com um, and that basically just teaches um, athletes how to go about getting an NIL deal, um, how to structure their deal, how to talk to these companies um, and it kind of teaches them how to manage um, manage out the deal, right? Um, going through um, going through different classes to say, to speak, um, different recordings um, and then I do one-on-ones with them as well during the, during those courses. Um, I also have my newly venture, which is um, Guthrie Haven Homes, which is an assisted living facility or facilities. Um, we work out of different homes and different apartments um, to give the, the, the assisted living 
um, needed community, um, some 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 well needed help, um, especially in this community. So, so the, for those who are watching us, the look on my face is um, amazement. Um, and the amazement okay. is born out of, and it's positive, it really is. The amazement is born out of how different each one of these businesses are and how you have gone after each one of them regardless. And yeah. one of them, um, or it seems as if both of them, you might have started while you were still an undergrad, the jewelry company. Yeah or jewelry manufacturing company, as well as the NIL teaching tool. Is that accurate? Yes, ma'am. Well, kind of all three, you know, um, I started probably in like, I started like two years ago. So it's, it's a funny story. My mom's going to be real mad. I started like two years ago with the whole Haven Homes thing, but I went to do it in Delaware. Um, my aunt does it. She's in Detroit. Um, and so me and my sister were going back and forth with her, just learning different parts of the business. Um, kind of getting it down packed. And so we went to my mom about it. My mom is very business savvy. Um, and that's where we get a lot of it from. And so she has said something on the course of like, you can't do that here or something like, something like that. And so like fast forward to like September, October, she reaches out, her, her and fiance reach out to my aunt about the business, trying to start it in Delaware. And me and my sister are like, whoa, like you just told us two years ago, like we couldn't do this. Um, and so we really, we really got on her bad about that. Um, and so we, we, we started back up with it in October, um, just the networking piece of it, kind of getting things in line. Um, and so me, I felt like this was going to be a great time because of the, the type of, um, profile, the type of environment I'm in now, um, down in Jackson at the, I mean, our community is amazing. They help out a lot, um, with different things that we need and it's a need down here. So. I felt like it was going to be a perfect environment to start up and have our first few facilities. So the two things that you just did with maybe you know it, maybe you don't. But you just did two, I think, pretty amazing things. Um, most people who tune in know that um, I approach this uh, 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 podcast with making sure that anyone listening, but especially my students, my heart is always with my students, especially students walk away with gems and there are two gems that you just dropped that you may not necessarily know the first gem that i heard you drop um so the persons that tell you you can't go after whatever it is you want to go after yes don't listen to them even if yes. you fail at it go after it regardless so that that's one two inspiration comes from so many different places and yes. when somebody tells you not to do something it doesn't mean you need to be discouraged by what they say. The yeah. way you choose to interpret that later on is really, really what matters. So I'm always writing notes. Thank you for those gems. I sincerely appreciate it. Before I leave this particular section or segment that we're in, though, most of us, when we hear NIL, so I only think of NIL based on the acronym that it stands for, name, image, and likeness, and nothing more than that. But the, 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 the sports world has, Lord have mercy, catapulted in that space yeah. within the last few years. So for the ignorant ones like myself who don't know beyond the acronym, when we hear some of these um, um, student athletes signing these massive NIL deals, give us, give us a, a crash course in understanding uh what that really means. Um, some of these NILs are kind of fluff, 
I'll okay. say. Um, so it's like the NFL at this point. Um, kind of, we're getting paid to play um, by these schools. Um, so a lot of a lot of schools and a lot of coaches now are approaching these these um, athletes with the "we'll give you an NIL if you come here" type deal, right? Um, and so that's where you're hearing a lot of these these um, what they call collectives coming in and saying, "Hey, this is our booster, our alumni chapter collective over here, um, and we can sign you to an NIL underneath the collective." Um, basically saying you make one post and you're going to get $300,000 for that one post, which if you look at it, like, why is this, this high school athlete with 20,000 followers getting $300,000 for this one post? Um, he's doing it because they paid him to come there. That, and that's just their way of doing it. Um, and the legal way now, um, I mean, some of them are real. A lot of athletes have different brands that they approach depending on your level. Um, of play, depending on who you are. I know the the quarterback at USC just signed something with um, Trolley. I think that's what it is, the uh, the gummy brand. Um, and so different things happen like that every single day. And um, I'm kind of spe- – my demographic, my target market for my business um, is to the, 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 the small school athletes. Um, being, being that it's a big market for everybody um, to take advantage of, and I'm kind of just teaching them how to do it. It's because it's seen as being hard to do, when in reality it's not, um, especially for HBCU students. Um, a lot of these companies have allocated funds for um, the urban community. And so why can't you be a part of the allocated fund if you just approach it the right way? Um, and so that's what I kind of do. I th- thank So thank you. I didn't realize it. You, I said, give us a crash course. You gave us a crash course. I appreciate it. I have a much better understanding of what it actually is beyond the acronym now. And yeah. I, I appreciate that. I, I would not be a good conversationalist with you if I did not ask a follow-up question based on that. Because okay, <laughs> we are referring to student athletes here for the most part. What is your take? What is your 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 take on... I'm not going to call it, call it pay for play. I think it is a bit, um, I think it takes away from the nuances involved with all of this if we simply just say mm-hmm. pay for play. So I don't want to call it that. But what is your take on the fact that some people might now think um, that if, if, if schools are attracting players by paying them, the legal way to pay a student athlete now is what I'm understanding NILs to be. What right. impact does that have on the academic side and why a student technically should be in college or in high school? What 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 is your take on that? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't really have too many thoughts. I think it's all great, honestly. Um, that, that, that us as athletes can take advantage of, of, of our time in college and make some money out of it. Um, you got to understand a lot of these, a lot of these college athletes come from wild circumstances. Um, and so playing this game that we love or playing different sports, how, whatever sport it may be, um, for them it's their way out. Um, and so being able to, 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 to do it four years earlier, basically to make money four years earlier, which you're supposed to, is astronomical. 
um, for a lot of families. So it's just more so hoping that they, they do it the right way. I'm hoping that they use their funds the right way, hoping that they don't blow through it, hoping that they're smart with the people that they allow around them, hoping that um, they're just doing it the right way, all in all, honestly. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, ta I'll take that on what I hear, and it's why I started off by saying I think it's unfair to make this simplistically pay for play because there's just so many nuances to it. And what, I, what I'm taking also from what I've just heard you say there's also got to be some responsibility on the academic side to make sure, yeah. especially for a student athlete, for example, you, you may know the percentages better than I do, don't always make it to the professional level. So for those Not who right. don't make it to the professional level, at least they got to get some financial revenue prior to them graduating. But the flip side to that is then they also should make sure and the they for me is several entities should make mm -hmm. sure that there is an academic, there's a sound academic background that that person can fall back on when they actually graduate. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for indulging me on, on, no on problem. what you do and this world of yours that is still very foreign to a good number of us. All right. I'm about to throw the rapid fire segment at you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let me let me quiz you. Let me quiz you just for, for kicks and giggles. <laughs> He's like, you've been doing this to me before the recording. For kicks and giggles. So the rapid fire segment is 67 seconds on the clock. Why okay. do you think I chose 67 seconds instead of a standard 60? I don't know. 67 seconds. I love the fact that you said you don't know. Some people just throw some wild things at me. So 1867 is the year that 10 different HBCUs were founded. So in okay. honor of the majority of founding of HBCUs, we go with 67 seconds instead of 60 okay. seconds. You'll right, never forget this now. You'll never, yeah, ever forget I'm, this you're now. You're teaching me something. <laughs> I, I've never walked from, a, from one of these, you know, conversations or interviews learning something so that that's you see i'm i'm learning i'm learning i'll take that i'll take that okay <laughs> <laughs> all right okay isaias are you ready i'm ready isaias describe yourself in three words um compassionate diligent respectful i like that respectful he's a southern gentleman of course um, you had a graduation a blink ago. Who was your commencement speaker? Does he remember? Um, it was a lady from State Farm, I believe. Um, I don't he remember. He does not remember. Exactly. <laughs> and it just happened. It's okay. It's okay. What's the best meal at your HBCU? Wednesdays. Fried Chicken Wednesdays. Fried ch Another so one for so Fried cool Chicken fried. Wednesdays. Yeah. Isaias, you answer every question that I ask, and I love this. So I'm curious about your answer to this one. What's your unpopular opinion about HBCUs? Um, unpopular opinion? Oh, my God. I'm taking a lot of time. Um, we're not always the best. We're not always the best. That is his unpopular opinion about HBCUs. I just I was just told that my time is up, but I'm still gonna ask you one more question. Shout out your favorite professor or person at your HBCU. And favorite what do they teach or, yeah. Um, 
my student advisor, Miss Alyssa Price. Miss Alyssa Price. Miss Alyssa Price, shout out to you. Thank you for Isaias Guthrie. Okay. (laughs) I I feel like I need to go in depth on that third question, though, because I feel like a lot of people are going to shoot, like, go at me for that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Let's hear it. When I say we're not always the best, um, and every every institution has its problems, of course. Of course. Um, But a lot of our institutions um, seem to see the problem know there's a problem and move past the problem and act as if it's not there. Um, whether it be not enough housing for, for students, whether it be the housing that, that is there isn't, isn't livable or the, you know, it was a recent situation at Howard where unless those kids just, a lot of times if we just act like it's not happening, um, they hope that the kids will just get over it, move past it, and they'll and it'll become like the next thing. Um, and so a lot of a lot of times we're not always the best at, at handling different things, um, and I think that speaks to who we are as a, as a community. Um, and I feel like we need to step up um, in those areas and make sure that when we say that we're the best and we're telling um, young black kids that come to our schools that we're providing them with everything they need at every different level, whether it's um, admissions, whether it's student accounts. Um, I know for a fact, everybody know how I get student accounts to get. So you, you can barely get in there some, some days. Um, so it's different stuff like that, which is not always the best. I, I, listen, there is, there, <laughs> your answer is your answer. That's number one. But number two, I do appreciate the context that you provided. And honestly, what I hear from the context that you provided is because you 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 started off in your explanation by saying that listen everywhere's got its problems and you're a thousand percent accurate. Right. I hear Isaias saying, but can we see that you're trying to do something about it? And can we see that you're continuously holding yourselves accountable as right. you're trying to do something about it? That's what I hear from your explanation. And I, I appreciate that. Isaias, you are from Delaware. Um um born and raised born and raised in Delaware. You are in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. You started at Delaware. Tell us what, how, give us this journey. How does a science from Delaware State University end up at Jackson State University? And why, why Jackson? Why is that the college, the HBCU, you decided, I'm going to make this my, my home? All right. Um, First things first, I started off at Delaware State. Um, I wasn't highly recruited out of high school. Um, and so Delaware is a, is a, was one of the few schools that gave me an opportunity. Um, and I took it. I took the opportunity head on. Um, and so during my time there, it was amazing. It's still my home to this day. I, I still tell people I'm kind of a DSU alumni. Um, and it, some people know exactly what I mean when I say it. I mean, I spent three and a half years there. So that's really where I got bulk of my collegiate um, life um, and background. Um, So a situation happened there, though. Um, I had a son when I was going into my red shirt freshman year. Um, I had an amazing amazing experience. Um, But the following year, he turned one. um, And it was August 17th. Um, is his birthday. 
But if you know what happens in August from a football perspective, that's training camp. Um, and so a lot of what training camp is is being away from your family, being away from the outside world for basically 16 hours out of the day. The rest of the eight, you sleep. Um, and we're going at it for 16 hours a day. Um, but I had let my coach know um, that my son's birthday was coming up. He was he was well aware of what was going on. Um, and so I let him know. I said, during this day, um, I'm going to miss something during the day, whether it's a lift, whether it's a meeting. I got to get home. I'm, I stayed like 40 minutes away from campus. I got to get home. Uh, my son's birthday, um, whether it's just to see him, whether it's to say happy birthday, something, I got to get home. Um, and so he said, okay, just make sure the coaches know. Um, and that's what I did. I made sure the coaches knew. Um, my position coach knew. The only person I didn't know was my lift coach. Um, and that's what I missed. So I miss lift. I come back. Um, but while I'm there, I get a text from my head coach, like, why did you miss lift? Um, and so I let him know, like, my, my son's birthday, I'll let you know. And so he didn't respond immediately. Um, he responded a couple of hours later, like, um, on the, I don't want to quote it uh, verbatim. Um, it was on the course of you need to get your priorities straight. You've been missing stuff. Kind of saying that I was becoming um, a prima donna or that I was becoming like, a, like I, my, my head was getting too big for my shoulders. I'm reading into the press clippings. I think I'm good. I feel like this. And for me, it was as simple as me going to my son's first birthday for me. Um, and so that started a little bit of a rift in our relationship um, between me and the team. Not me and the team. Me and the team had a great relationship, but me and the coach and staff. Um, and so first game comes, I'm um, doing all this media stuff. I'm, I'm on all the flyers. Um, I'm on all the passes. I'm on everything. Um, and just me. It's not like it's me and the team. It's just me. They picked me to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? I'm a homegrown, I'm a homegrown um athlete. So they're like, look, we wanna we wanna make sure that you're being marketed the right way, which is perfect for me. I loved it. Um, first game comes up, they're like, Hey, they, they tell me the morning of the first game, hey, we're not gonna start you. I'm like, All right, why? <laughs> it was like, Oh, you got in trouble during the mind just two weeks before the first game. You got in trouble during training camp. This guy did. We're going to let him start. I'm like, all right, I guess. So game comes up. I don't really play much. Um, but Delaware is small. So the president of the school is best friends with my mom. It's, it's cool with my mom. So he hits my mom up right after the game, like, what's going on? Um, and so he calls me into his office, um, and I let him know what was going on. And it was kind of a, a conversation of, letting them know that I probably won't be staying here much longer. Um, and so I ended up actually entering the portal, the transfer portal, probably the next week after that because I felt like I'm not like one of those people like that. Like I talk about the people that come from those situations where it's rough. Um, now, I do come from a rough community, but my mom always made sure that we was straight. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I didn't grow up wanting for much. Um, so football for me was not a way out, but it was my it was my safe space. Um, and so I played it because I loved it. But I also got to play it and believe um, in the people that I'm playing for. Um, and so I couldn't play for him, basically. Um, and so Jackson State came along. And it was like love at first sight, honestly. <laughs> I love at first sight. I came down here um, and it blew my mind that the type of support 
that these fans have for their school. Um, and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so I had a conversation with Coach TC, who was the wide receiver coach at the time. Um, he let me know that he was probably going to be getting a head coach job. Um, we had a long conversation just back and forth over multiple days. Um, my family was able to get on a conversation, my sisters, um, and a lot of head coaches would never do that, talk to a, a person's family the way he did. Um, but he allowed them to ask every question they needed. Um, and I trust him with my life, honestly. So um, I appreciate him. I appreciate the staff. I pre appreciate the community. Um, but that's that's a little bit about my journey. That and I was I was quiet the entire time, taking every single thing in. I am. Um, it was riveting. It was riveting. Um, all the details that you gave us. Yeah. Um. Um. And all I. All I. What I was thinking to some degree when you were talking, I am a, I am an, I love sports. I am a sports nut. My number one is not American football. It is the actual football. Okay. But, but American football is a strong number two with the Ravens being my team of choice right now. Okay. Okay. I watch sports, I guess is all I'm saying. I also watch a lot of sports documentaries. I truly enjoy listening to how athletes like you make some of the decisions that you do along the way. Because mm. here's the reality. What we do is see you guys on, on the field or on the pitch or in the court for however many minutes on a given day. And we have these different assumptions of all of you. We do. Yes. Yes. And um, I appreciate hearing a story like this that gives us a perspective on who these athletes are. And I, I like hearing that your universities have supported you because even though you left Delaware State University yes. to go to Jackson State University, there was still support at Delaware State University, just not from every facet that you needed it to be as an athlete or as a football player. So yes. I, that was riveting to listen to that. That's, I was Thank not you. expecting that story. What's your son's name? Elias. Isaias Elias. I love it. Yeah. Who came up with that? You did? Yeah, I came up with his name. Of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So Isaias, all right. Um, you are in the process, I would say, of defining what HBCU legacy is. And listening to the history that you've had so far so good, I'm so curious to hear from you. When you think of what HBCU legacy should be, what what comes to mind? What is HBCU legacy to Sias? Um, leaving something that the future generation can benefit from. The community around the school that that that's involved with the school can benefit from. What's your legacy looking like at Isaias? Um, it's looking great so far. Um, it's looking great. I'm I having love a it. lot of ideas. It's looking great. It's looking great so far. Uh, I'm having a lot of ideas. Um, that's just coming to me just as, as I go along. Um, and like I said, my mom is really business business savvy. Um, and so when we first came into Jackson, 
um, just riding around. She was just thinking of different things to buy up, different parts of real estate to buy up and turn it into different things. Um, so I get a lot of it from my mom. Um, but I'm coming up with all different things. I came up with something last night um, that'll probably be like 10 years from now, but it's just all types of different stuff. Do you, do you, um, do you write? So, so it's, you already have three businesses for crying out loud. So you're clearly somebody that is going to go after things, but for persons like you or persons who are listening to you, um, young black students who are listening to you, who have ideas, you just said something, you just said, I just had an idea last night. It's probably going to not going to happen for for 10 years from now. How do you make sure you safeguard those ideas? And here's what I mean when I say safeguard them so that you don't forget them, so that you are still going to possibly look into them years from now. What what do you do with those ideas? The ones you don't work on right now, what yeah. do you do with them? Um, I, I, I'm on my phones a lot. I'm on my phones a lot. Um, I work out of my phones. I do marketing. I do everything out of my phones. Um, so I have notes and notes and notes um, in my notes app of different ideas. And so actually what I thought of last night, was an idea that I had saw down in Orlando when I had visited probably my first PWI ever. I had visited PWI, um, I think it was UCF, and and I seen that they were doing it, um, and that's something that I think all HBCUs should probably look into. Um, and that's just how it, I, I don't thought. Don't tell it. us. Don't don't tell no, us. No, I'm fine okay. with telling you guys. Do you want to know what it is? I'm fine with sure. you. Sure. If you want, listen. As long as you don't think anybody's gonna steal it, let's hear it. Go I mean, ahead. No, I mean, it's, I, I don't believe in the whole stealing thing. I feel like um, as long as if we can make it happen, we can make it happen. I feel like it should be made happen. I like that. I like that. But a lot of a lot of HBCUs are in kind of like smacked into like a community. And what I mean by that is it's the school. It may be gated, it may be open, but then there's also like a community around it. Like it's not like just like a lot of PWIs, it might be up on a hill. Um, it might be an open campus or whatever, how whatever it is. But at a PWI, a lot of the, the housing around the school is for students. It's, it's bought by different companies, but it's allocated for the students. Um, and so I can speak from Jackson State perspective, um, but our school is a gated is a gated campus. Right outside the gate, all of these homes are either ran down or they are um, abandoned. Um, and so for me, it's like I'm a guy who lives outside of town. I have to drive 15 minutes to school every day. But it's like these are homes right here where if the school bought these up or mm. if the city did something with them for the school, mm. would well, this be student housing? And you know we have an issue with student housing. You know there's kids who don't have on-campus living. Why are these abandoned homes right outside our campus not for us? Why aren't we doing something with it? Um, and so for me, that's just what was going through my my head last night, um, trying to figure out a way to to, to, to buy up some, some of that, some of these lands, some of these properties, um, and allocate it for the, for the schools, allocate it for the students. Isaias, um, not only do I love that idea, and again, 
um, most most of our guests know that a lot of our episodes are recorded. Lord have mercy. I am so grateful for guests like you, who thanks to you, we have a vault of recordings. Um, so chances are people are not going to get to hear us. We're recording this in January of 2024. <laughs> people are probably not going to hear us, um, um, hear this episode for about another couple of months, to be honest. Um, but the reason why I'm giving timelines here very intentionally is right now, as you and I are talking, you know that not only are there uh, uh, the general housing issues at HBCUs, mm -hmm. but a university like North Carolina A&T is currently in the throes of having to bus students to hotels because of some housing issues that they have. Mm -hmm. That I hope enough developers are listening to the Isaias Guthries of the world because I think enough of us wonder why, why? Because you're right. I mean, I, I my academic home is Morgan State University, right there in Baltimore City, one of the right. greatest cities in the world, if you right. ask me. But right there in Baltimore City, or right here in Baltimore City, and there are there are homes around. Some of them unoccupied, some of them yep. abandoned. There needs to be a strategy that helps us help you and vice right. versa that I don't see being done. So Lord have mercy. Um, you heard it here from Esaias Guthrie. There must be developers working with the Guthries of the world to figure out how those homes, especially the abandoned properties, are better utilized for students who every fall semester, let's look at the numbers, guys, the enrollment at HBCUs are only going, going up. up. Yep. They're only going up. And what do we all say? Administrators and parents, especially in the freshman year, we want students to stay on campus. So yep. if we want them to stay on campus or close to campus, we, we've got to get creative with resolving these housing issues that that, yeah. that our students have. So thank yeah. you. Listen, you just keep dropping gems and I'm just going to keep picking them <laughs> up and repeating them and sharing them with the world for the world to hear. Just FYI. Yes. Um, Isaias, finish this sentence for me. Because of my experience, and in your case, at my HBCUs, yeah. I will not fail. Do you know nobody has said that yet? Nobody, really, has, no, nobody uh, has kept it so simple. Nobody yeah. has kept it so simple. I've been, I've been waiting and dying for somebody to just say it so simply. And you just yeah. did. Fail. Isaias Guthrie will not fail because no. of his experience at his HBCUs. Give us, give us more. I want to hear your perspective on how <laughs> failure is not an option for you because right. of that experience. Um, going to an HBCU, and they and they put it, they it's more so used in the divine nine world, right? They they say you you become part of this family, part of this network, um, and, and you should be able to you should be able to drive. You should be able to be across the country. Say that you are a part of this, 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 this network. Say you're part of this organization, and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. They'll give you housing. They'll give you. They'll make sure that you're fed. They make sure that you're a part because it's a family. Um, and so that's what HBCUs are to me. 
you know, you could be anywhere and someone sees you with that emblem on them. They either know someone that went there. They either go to the arrival one. They, but at the end of the day, we're an HBCU. And so when we're fighting in between each other, it's just like a family. We're fighting in between each other. And that happens. My HBCU is better than yours, this, that, and third. But if that, if a PWI comes into this conversation, we're, it, it's all hell's going to break loose. Um, and so it, it's, it's about the, the support. It's about the, the family aspect of it. Um, not only like the, just forget the lessons that, that, that were taught to me going through, you know what I'm saying, the things that we go through, but just the fact that the support, the community, the family, all of that, it's like, how could you fail? How could um, you and fail? so when I was starting Guthrie Haven Homes, somebody asked me, like, why are you doing it in Jackson? Number one, it's something that's needed. But number two, what I've come to learn is um, this community. Have you ever heard, like, well, a lot of rappers have said, I got, like, millions of followers. I wish I had a dollar for every follower. That's what I see Jackson State community is, right? I have 60,000 fans on any given day at the vet stadium watching me play football. If I had a, I know that if I needed it and I needed a dollar from every single, if I asked somebody, every single one of them for a dollar, I'm going to get $20 from somebody. I may get $5 from somebody, but I'm going to get more than the 60,000 fans that are in that arena. And that's the type of support that holds true. Um, And so for me, starting it down here was perfect. I had the support. I had the following. Why not? And it's something that's needed. Why not? You know what I'm saying? So that, that's just the little things. Um, one of the things that, that, that makes um, HBCU so great. Isaias, I could talk to you forever. You are actually quite pleasant to talk to. <laughs> Inside you. joke. Inside joke, guys. We, we had a whole conversation before the recording. That's where the actually is coming from. I promise. He's an amazing young gentleman. <laughs> Um, uh, Isaias, um, leave, leave our audience with one word or short phrase on why you love HBCUs. Um, all right. Uh, family. Um, and for me, family means forget about me. I love you. Um, and so I feel like that is the epitome of what an HBCU is, um, from the students to the teachers. You're going to meet some people. I've met people who who would do anything for me. To this day, even at Delaware State, um, if, I, if I felt like I needed it, I could go get it, um, whether it's from a teacher, professor, um, that janitor that cleans our hallway, who I've talked to on every given morning coming back from the workout. Um, it's one big family. Um, and it's that simple. Forget about me. Um, I love you. Forget about me. It's my first time. If, 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 if the whole world has heard this before and <laughs> I haven't, I'll take it. But I made this face when you said that because that warmed my heart in a very, very special way. Cause I'd never heard it said that way before as an acronym, forget about me. I love you. Isaias, forget about me. I love you. And I appreciate you for being my guest on this episode of I Love My HBCU Question Mark. I know I have enjoyed this conversation with Asias, alum of Jackson State University, honorary alum of Delaware State University. Yes, honorary. And I, 
And I hope that the audience has enjoyed watching and listening. I also hope that I have earned the pleasure of you subscribing to I Love My HBCU question mark on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yours in HBCU love. See you next episode. Isaias Guthrie, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to I Love My HBCU question mark. Let's keep the conversation going as we share our stories and encourage more practical support of HBCUs, whilst, of course, holding each other accountable. Don't forget to follow and subscribe for the latest episodes. Until next time, love and lift your HBCU.